This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. I think the Department of Education needs to be scrapped. If federal government plays any role in education at this point, it needs to foster and support innovation, get charter schools, allow for competition for education to exist. Because the institutions that are run by the government, these have become nothing but like indoctrination camps for children. And you can see the result of that. You can see a generation that doesn't love their country. He wears black denim trousers and motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket with his name on the back. He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Ride Radio. His name is New York Mike, and welcome to the show. This is Roll Right Radio. I'm New York Mike. Hi, this is New York Mike, and this is Roll Right Radio. We have a special guest today, Corey Gibson. I'm going to introduce you to Corey in a minute. First, I want to tell you why this is very important. I want you guys to all listen. We've been talking about everything going on. I'm a very political person. I love everything about America. I consider myself a patriot. I'm a veteran. And to me, just... Being born in America and living in this country has been a privilege. I don't even know how to thank God every day. And I do. And I've always been so cognizant of everything going on since I'm a little kid. And you get to a certain stage in life and then we are where we are. And I want to do something about it so bad. I Look, I've been talk radio for years and now I'm doing this podcast. And, I'm doing, and a friend of mine calls me up and says, Mike, I have a friend, a guy I've known for years. He's running for Congress in Washington State. you got to meet this guy, and we are going to set up a super PAC. We're going to get this guy elected to Congress. And I'm like, whoa, who is this guy? So this was early September. I met Corey Gibson on the phone. We've talked, I don't know how many times. You're going to hear all the background, but I wanted you to know he didn't just jump out of my podcast. This was something that's been developing because it gives me a real opportunity to make a difference helping, not just Corey, but, you know, you're going to hear the whole story. Corey's put together an America First Pact, which is bringing other first-time candidates for the Republican quest for the House of Representatives. So I want you to listen carefully. I'm excited Mostly I'm excited for me. It gives me a chance to feel like I'm back in action doing something important. And it is important. And having gotten to know Corey Gibson, I feel so strongly about his candidacy. So I'm going to bring Corey on right now. Corey, welcome to Roll Right Radio. Hey, Mike. It's so good to be here. Yeah. And you have a very important role to play. You've always had an important role to play. So thank you for helping give me a voice so I can speak to more people. Well, I want the people out there to, to listen to you and to hear the story when I see them and talk to them. And I start twisting arms to raise money and get people to go to events and do things. This is what we're going to do. This is the process. This is the process of getting people elected. Now, you've never been political. You've never run for any kind of an office. Give us a little bit of your background. I know you're 42 years old. You're in Washington State. How in the world did you get to Washington State? <laughs> well, actually, I was born and raised in Washington State in uh, farm country. By the way, my district 
is straight up the middle of Washington State, and it's about the size and shape of New Hampshire. It's massive. So when I go to speaking events, it's a journey. It's like it's a quest. I feel like it's a Lord of the Rings movie getting to some parts of this place. But it's absolutely beautiful. And I spent a stint down in the Los Angeles area where I developed my career. But Washington State has been my home. And it's got the same sort of insane politics as California. And it's got the same sort of politics happening right now in Washington, D.C. We've got to start fighting against this on all fronts. Yeah, let's be clear. You know, Seattle, we see what's going on. We see the riots. We see the defund the police and, and all these other counter productive things, these things that are just not good for advancing American society. People don't feel safe in their homes. They don't feel safe in their businesses. Businesses are overtaxed, overburdened with regulations. Now we have mandates. COVID wasn't bad enough, but the cure comes along and it's even worse. We, you know, we have to get these things fixed, but you know, this inflation What's going on with the Department of Defense spending more time on racial issues than they are on defensive issues? So now your background is in marketing. Is it the music industry? Oh, I've touched a little bit of all industries in marketing, actually. And I want to go back really quick to something you were just talking about, because I think it's really important. And that's about we're not doing things to fix the country. And I think that we have to realize and we have to be very open and honest about the fact that it's much worse than that. There are things being done right now in our country specifically to destroy this country. And when you talk about law enforcement, you talk about what's happening in Seattle. I just want to point out really quick that I go around, I'm speaking to the law enforcement, speaking to the sheriffs in my county, and I ask them a question. I'm saying, how is the battle going against the greatest threat in our country, which is white supremacy and white nationalism. And they tell me, you know what? In 30 years, I've had one case. It's all a lie. It's all a false narrative. So the first thing we need to do is we need to realize that we're fighting against an enemy that's trying to destroy the country, I think. so. But when it comes to marketing, the Corey story is an interesting one. At one point, I thought I I might get the title most interesting man until I met you. So (laughs) now I, I can't compete. But I worked in, I developed marketing campaigns and strategies for networks and studios, and then also global conservation campaigns and education initiatives with foreign governments. Wow. Wow. There's two wows there. One, because it's impressive when you say foreign governments. The other thing is, here's a conservative who's interested in conservation. What do you know? It's funny because we get painted with this brush that if you're, you know, if you want clean air, clean energy, clean water, clean this, you must be a Democrat, not a conservative Republican, that's for sure. So how mm-hmm. did you get into that? Well, here's the thing. When you're a conservative, you find yourself swimming upstream all the time because you're swimming against false narratives. This idea, there's so many ideas that they push that are false. For instance, I live in a district that is, uh, it's a very rural district with a lot of farming, a lot of cattle, a lot of orchards, all of this. And as an example, as from a conservation standpoint, cattle industry people are looked at as being like horrible environmentalists, all of this stuff. Well, the truth is, these are some of the most conscious, caring conservationists that exist because these are the people that live off the land and they have to pass this land off to their sons and daughters who are going to continue the industry. So at the end of the day, all of this idea about conservation or sexuality or the color of your skin, 
All of these are just tactics that have been put in place to make sure that we stay divided. And look, that's what the left does. They're brilliant at it. They are. They're amazing you're at dividing making... us. They're horrible in general, amazing at dividing us. Well, you're right, and you point out some very real things. So just give me a couple of ideas, because I heard that you've done something to help children's charities in Africa and different places. Mm -hmm. Can you just give me a sense of what that means, or what that is? One of the projects I worked on, I developed a, for the United States, conservation initiative to educate children and get them excited about the idea of taking care of the planet. And I created a partnership with the government of Uganda, uh, the Uganda Wildlife Authority, because they happen to house one of the most amazing critically endangered species in the world, which is the mountain gorilla. There were 780 left in the world when I went over to Uganda and started working on this. And then also in the Galapagos Islands, I was working with uh, the government of Ecuador to put in place some education programs to get some resources to the kids that were living in the Galapagos. So from a foreign standpoint, those are those initiatives for children. That's awesome. And, and how about in, in the United States? The way I first got into sort of my career in marketing was I developed the first national youth campaign for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Wow. And that, yeah, it was super exciting. Look, all of these things are so exciting because you feel good about the work you're doing. And I think that's something that I've been very grateful to have in my life is the ability to, to have had those experiences. And then I, I brought that idea of doing something good for the planet, doing something good for kids into my marketing. So, so my first big campaign for networks and studios was for the show Glee. And we used that opportunity to raise a million dollars for music education, struggling schools that didn't have funds, and also got a congressional resolution passed creating National Music in Schools Week. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's tremendous. I mean, here you are. This is what you've done for the last 20 years as just an ordinary adult in America, earning a living, following your passion for what you want to do in life. And it leads you to run for Congress. What was the impetus? What made you, are you have you been a political guy? I mean, obviously you're involved in conservation, Children's Miracle Network, things like that. But how did that lead you to want to get involved in politics? Yeah, well, I've, I mean, I've always cared. I've always paid attention. I've always been engaged in what's happening. But there are a few moments that kind of sort of triggered, I suppose, to steal the only word that maybe I'll ever steal from the left. It triggered me was when I was watching the State of the Union, I saw Nancy Pelosi tear up the, tear up the State of the Union. It was such an appalling low moment for our country and where the respect that we have for the institution that is our government of people elected by the people. And that started getting me really worked up and, and angry. But really the moment that set things apart, the moment that made me realize that I have to dig and I have to do something is when my congressman, my congressman in the most conservative district of the Western, the coastal states voted, and he's a Republican, quote, he voted to impeach President Donald Trump. And it was that moment where I was like, I have to do something. And the reason to run for Congress specifically was partially inspired by his actions, but it also was inspired by what I've done in my past and trying to think of what role am I going to play in this fight that we have for our country right now. And I felt like this was the role where I might be able to make the greatest impact. Wow. I remember when Trump got elected in 2016, 
from the very first minute, as soon as he became the candidate, it was like until then, the press was like, oh, they love this guy. Everybody was tuning in and watching. Then he becomes the candidate for the Republican Party, and all of a sudden, everybody turns against him. And then we have everything that happened, you know, with the Steele dossier and the Russiagate thing. From the very first minute, they put every obstacle in front of him. And when he became president, they just denigrated him day after day. They accused him of things that were just ridiculous. And then they, they impeached him the first time. And that was blown out of the water. And then right up until the last minute, they still tried to impeach him to just, I, I don't know, just mm -hmm. to make sure he yeah. doesn't have a legacy or he can't run again. They knew that with, with 75 million legitimate votes for his presidency. At they, least. They could claim 81 million. They could claim anything they want. But they also know that most of us don't believe that. And he mm -hmm. can come back again. And obviously, that's what triggered you to run against the, the incumbent, the Republican, and just to drop everything else you're doing in life and run for Congress. And I, look, I yeah. run for office. I ran for the state assembly twice. I ran for mayor of San Diego. And it, it's nothing compared to what you're doing there in, in, in Washington. I got to commend you. I know that it's, it's difficult. Every aspect of it is difficult. But it's also, I got to tell you, some of the, the most rewarding things I've ever done. So you're in for yeah. a heck of a journey. And I could see and feel your optimism and you, you have a sense of mission and purpose. And I think that's wonderful. What are some of the, what are some of the things that you believe in? And I, I think I got a sense of it. And I think the audience does too. But just articulate just a few of the things that you want to believe in and the changes that you want to make when you get there. Because you're going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, oh, heck yeah, I'm going to get there. Well, first of all, one of the first things I can tell you that I believe in is I believe that Donald Trump was one of the greatest presidents this country's ever had. Amen. Yeah, and as you look through American history and you really pay attention as the role the presidents make, there's they've had different impacts for different reasons. Different people have risen when the country needed them the most. And I think that what Donald Trump did for this country is he did a couple things. First, he showed us how hard we need to expect our leaders to work for us. Right. Like yeah. under the most like you just said, under the most insane circumstances, he never stopped fighting and he never stopped getting results. And so I would say first and foremost, that one of the things I definitely believe is that like we have a new role model for how hard we need to start fighting for our country. So the idea of my campaign, as well as a lot of campaigns across this country right now, are inspired by Donald Trump and they fall under the idea of putting America first. And it's funny because when I go around speaking to the different counties in my district, everybody aligns with that idea. Everybody realizes that right now is the time for all of us to make a decision. And that decision is what is our role going to be in fighting to save our country? So from a sort of a ideological standpoint, people ask you like, well, what does America first stand for? Well, I can tell you a real simple answer to that question is following through on the work that Donald Trump was doing to start right? Yep. Fair trade deals, innovation in how we approach foreign affairs, which, by the way, resulted in 
so many peace deals, border security, oil and energy independence. It's an insane list of stuff. But America first starts by following and following through with the work that Donald Trump started for this country, which is the work that our elected leaders should have already been doing. Because listen, Mike, a weak Republican is more dangerous than a strong Democrat because they've let us get to this place. They've let us think that we have people fighting for us and look at where we're at. Wow. Corey, I got to tell you, I'm listening to you and I'm like, wow, you're hitting the high notes and you're hitting them one after the other. You're right on target. You're right on point with everything you're saying. Now, you began this process again, never having run for an office, never having been involved, I assume, in any other campaigns, right? No, that's not actually correct. I was a student body president in my high school. Oh, and okay. and I also <laughs> was one of the first students elected to the State Board of Education when I was in high school as well. And But I have to be honest, when I was running for that, I didn't even know what I was running for. I was just like really into public speaking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the truth is, yeah, since high school. But yeah, hey, I'm undefeated. So well, <laughs> It's interesting that you brought that up. Because today, with everything, look at what just happened in Virginia. Look at the schools trying to indoctrinate our kids with this CRT, critical race theory stuff and everything else. Now they're talking about the fact that this is an uprising of parents that overturned the whole Democratic Party in Virginia Mm -hmm. and gave this amazing victory that nobody could have predicted right up until the last few weeks. So, again, you're hitting on a critical point. You're talking about education. It is so important. And our kids aren't learning today. They be they are being indoctrinated. They're going to school. They are. They need to learn reading, writing, arithmetic. Get back to the basics. Learn how to think, not what to think. Learn how Amen. To, how to do the research, how to look things up. And all they're doing is trying to say we want to rewrite the history of America. Look, I want to talk about the Civil War. I want to talk about how the Constitution, how when we first started out, blacks who were 99% slaves were three-fifths of a, of a human being. They weren't even a human being. Well, of course, there's a lot of reasons for that that seem obvious to me and maybe to you, but not to a lot of people in this country. They don't understand it, and they want to go backwards. We've come so far. Let's yeah. look at how far we've come, and I think that's what you're talking about when you talk about education, getting back to the basics. Oh my gosh, no, yeah. Um, it's more than getting back to the basics. It's it's fighting a, uh, look, what I'm about to say would have been a conspiracy theory and I would have been a nut job a few years ago, but today, look, it's in our face. We are fighting Marxist integration into our institutions. Yes. And that's all there is to it. All you have to do is study a little history. That's not me coming up with anything. In my state, my crazy but beautiful state, when I say crazy, I'm talking about politics, they've mandated that critical race theory is to be a component of our education system. And it's disgusting. It's, It's awful. And I refuse to talk about critical race theory without acknowledging that it is absolutely racist. That's all there is to it. You can't convince me otherwise, because either we do or we do not judge people by the color of their skin. Either we do not judge people by the moral of their character exclusively. So it is absolutely racist. And what's happening, what they're doing is they are integrating these ideologies into our institutions. 
And it seems like, okay, well, they're not necessarily teaching it outright because this is what I'm dealing with. Because I'm working on a parent's rights education concept right now for a bill, something I'm passionate about at this moment that I'm working on. And what's, what, but what's happening is they're slowly integrating it and building it into the fabric of what our country is made of. And look, we've got to push back hard. I'm talking like really hard. We've got to eliminate this and rip it out. I think the Department of Education needs to be scrapped. If federal government plays any role in education at this point, it needs to foster and support innovation, get charter schools, allow for competition for education to exist. Because the institutions that are run by the government, these have become nothing but like indoctrination camps for children. And you can see the result of that. You can see a generation that doesn't love their country. Look, look here's a crazy fact, right? First of all, the education system in our country hasn't done a very good job, right? In That's fact, we're sure. always ranked very low. Right. And now you ask a kid to point out where Iraq is on a map. They probably can't find it, but now they also can't tell you what their gender is because now they have no idea what that is anymore either. Wow. Wow. Look, Corey, I've said this on the show many times. The Democrats call themselves the party of science. And I, I say, well, wait a minute. No, I, I don't think so. Because if you're the party of science, there are two genders, not 32 genders. Mm -hmm. and, and there can't be confusion. Now, I know transgender and people who are changing and confused and all that. And we could talk about that, and we will in a minute. But what, what you're saying, I get the feeling that there are people listening to this right now and, and they're just clapping and standing up and going, yeah, right on, this is great. And I think it is great. It's so interesting. Everything you're saying, I believe in. We haven't talked about the Department of Defense. We haven't talked about what happened in Afghanistan. I'm sure that we're going to be on the same page with everything as, as we go forward and start getting into that. The battle against Islamic terrorism and all the rest of it. But when these people are standing up and and cheering for what you're saying, and I believe they are, because I am, I want to talk about one thing, and I want your opinion, my own opinion. Do you think if we talk about the elephant in the room, the same people who are cheering and going, yeah, right on, Corey Gibson, would be cheering just as loudly, especially because I got a lot of Democrat friends who are listening, because I, I don't call people names because we don't agree on a political thing. I always talk about when I talk about electing people, it's going to be very hard for me to vote for anybody running against a Tulsi Gabbard when she runs again. So it's not, there are different I things. love that. Me too. Yeah. One more thing before I bring up this elephant in the room, I want to bring up what something Mike Medved said, because it goes right to your candidacy. Mike Medved said that the two Republican representatives in the state of Washington will probably get reelected because even though they both voted to impeach Trump, that probably represents more of the mindset of the people in Washington state who lean very much to the left in most things. And mm -hmm. I like Michael Medved a lot. I think he's one of the best, most you know, intelligent talk show hosts out there. And he, he might have a point, but he never met. Corey Gibson, if that's what he's saying. <laughs> and it's interesting because the elephant in this room is the fact that you're gay. 
And the fact, on top of the fact that you're gay, I've been told that this is the first time somebody has run for Congress as an openly gay person. I don't know, because I know there's quite a few people in Congress who happen to be gay, but I guess they yeah. never ran on that. It just happened to come out at some point. Do you think that your message, which was fantastic, do you think anybody out there listening to that, that a minute ago was like, wow, this guy's great. Do you think there's going to be any less enthusiasm when they hear that? Not at all. And the reason I don't is because I know my fellow Americans. I know what the conservative mindset, which is where you're going to find patriotic Americans. I know how they feel and I know how they think. Now, I also know that if gay were to be an issue, by the way, I'm also right-handed and that will play just as important of a role in my objective when I get to Congress. It means nothing. Look, here's the thing. The idea of being gay that would concern a, a Republican, a conservative, would be the idea that there's some sort of an agenda associated with that. And so, no, I think there's no issue whatsoever. My agenda is the America First agenda, and that's all there is to it. I'm running for my country, and whether I'm black whatever look i know i am the same person as my district i know i get that look i I feel i agree with you i don't care i don't even really want to know a person's sexuality or sexual preference or sexual practice or anything they're in congress i i I think Mm -hmm. it's like it's like you don't want to know what your parents did to get you here right you i don't want to know that don't tell me amen (laughs) so but at the same time, there's been a change. I talked about the fact that at one point when the blacks were three-fifths of a, of a person, and mm-hmm. people want to go back to that and talk about the 1619 Project, CRT, and all that, that stuff. But the relevancy of that is how far we've come from that to, to yeah. the point where we've had a president, a black man, elected president and re-elected president in this country. So let's not go back, but the relevancy is how far we've come. Do you feel a little bit of the benefit of the people that have gone before you since, since Stonewall in 1968 and how far this cult culture has come to accept people for who they are, not for sexual practices? Do you feel a little bit part of that or a little bit good about bringing that another step forward yeah of course and and we i mean we all should we should all be grateful and look being gay and being anything else we are all here because of what's happened before us right yep and people that have stood up there have been times of course where a person like myself would definitely be an automatic absolutely not i mean it would be illegal right and yeah absolutely we should absolutely be grateful for that but the thing is we also have to always look forward and we have to realize something All of us, every single one of us that are being tried to put into different groups, we need to stop looking at ourselves as victims and we need to start uniting under one solid idea and that is that we're all Americans first. After that, we can start going down the scale and figuring out what makes us different and we should celebrate those differences. But the problem is that victimhood has become a a passionate disease in this country, right? (laughs) It's become something that people, they need to be a victim of something. And I won't buy into it. This is a very simple thing. The fact is this, that yeah, there's been gay people that run for office, et cetera. All of that's happened. But there's never been a openly gay Republican elected 
to Congress. That's never happened. Now, obviously, to me, it would be great to help break down maybe some barriers that exist. But I'm running because I want to save the country. Has nothing to do with anything else. Look, I hope I'm the first of 10 that are elected this year. What matters is that we are united as Americans first. What surprised you so far about you got into this, you're running? I I talked to you just a a week or two after you announced you're going to run. Since that time, a lot has happened. I mean, you've been endorsed by Kelly Ward. People don't know who Kelly Ward is. She ran for the Senate in Arizona against John McCain. She's the head of the Arizona Republican Party. Her and her husband, Colonel Mike, have been pretty strong in your corner. Um, Oh, they're amazing. They are amazing. How did you connect with them, and how did they find you, and how did that all happen? And and how is that affecting this campaign and and you moving forward? And there's other people involved. Yeah, there, yeah. It's a bit of a blur because we launched a month and, well, about a month and a half ago, and just so many things have happened. What's happened is that I I was lucky enough to get uh, a couple really great people on my team, campaign manager and a communications director. They had some connections. They made some introductions. We started having conversations, and we just absolutely aligned. And from there, it just launched. And so Kelly, yeah, Kelly Ward, by the way, just so you know, like, so we, I just had a great conversation with those, with them today, and they will be up in my district at the end of January. And so we're working on putting all that together. And then through Kelly Ward, I was able to get Rick Grinnell giving me some guidance. And we've had some conversations as well and talk about an inspiration. Um, One of the people I think was one of the most important people in the Trump administration is Rick Grinnell. Rick Grinnell, who absolutely the ambassador to Germany. This guy is something else. I see him on TV all the time. He's strong. He's patriotic. He's knowledgeable. And then you get in. in, in, in <laughs> you want to say endorsed. I know. Trust me. So do I. But I, I those know. things take official and support it, for sure. It's tremendous that all of a sudden you guys start talking. But I want to say this as well. There are probably three other people running in your district. And I think what everybody is concerned about is the person that's going to get President Trump's endorsement is the person that's going to win this seat in Congress. And we start talking. The next thing I know, hey, I talked to Kelly Wood. She suggested I talk to the school board. I talked to Rick Grinnell. He suggests, next thing you know, you're doing this. You're making speeches. You're writing papers. You're getting things done. You haven't stopped, and you have followed directions. I mean, it, it, advice, the only thing given away free that nobody wants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you've taken it's true. It, and you've actually taken it to a new level. And, and me, as a political observer, I'm watching what you're doing. It's very impressive. So you give the people an idea because it's like, whoa, every time I call you, Corey, what are you doing? Well, like tonight, you're going to this dinner. Last week, you went to that dinner in Mar-a-Lago. With, I mean, you just don't stop. You're a whirling dervish, yeah. man. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think, first of all, that goes back to the example that has been set by us by Donald Trump. You, you are right. In this district, everybody's trying to get Donald Trump's endorsement. And this is one of those places where you wouldn't think this existed in Washington. But if you want to, if you want to feel really good about your country and feel like 
get that sort of patriotics, that energy. It's just a drive through this district and see all the barns that have Donald Trump's sign on it and have um, the flags flying and all of that. So in terms of what I'm working on right now, and it's right now I'm trying to come up with some really big ideas for because it's going to take some big ideas to fix this country. And, and as I go around speaking to people, I have to say that the things that I'm saying really do seem to resonate. And I do know, to go back briefly, that there's this concern of like, well, yeah, Dan Newhouse is going to get elected again. Well, let me tell you something. Go to a cattleman's conference. Go to the district chairs. Go to all the Republican Party committee meetings. Go to these places and start talking to them. And I have to tell you, they were betrayed they were betrayed by what Newhouse did. And <laughs> I was in an event yesterday for the, the Washington State Cattlemen's Association meeting, and you could have cut the tension with a knife when Dan Newhouse got up to speak. So here's the deal. Like, one of the reasons why I, I felt like I had to run for office was because we saw, at the time, the American people, especially a, a patriotic American people that haven't been brainwashed by the left, What we needed after this election, when we saw things that were changed instantly, we saw the media had been turned against us, we started seeing the the Justice Department weaponized against political entities and now against the American people. What we needed more than anything was hope. We needed to feel like we had people that were still fighting for us. And then when he makes the decision... To vote to impeach the president of the United States, by the way, before there's any investigation, before there's anything official that comes out, and they ruled that he had nothing to do with it now, right? It was a betrayal. And and one of the things that I I have to let people know is you've talked about this America First Pact, and I imagine maybe you'll ask me questions about that, but I am talking to congressional candidates all across this country. And the one thing that the American people need to know right now is that there absolutely 100% is hope. There are people just like me, just like you, that we are all out there right now. We want to get in and fight for our country. And so 2022 is the year. We have to make it happen. We have to fight harder than we've ever fought before. Yeah. Everything you're saying is right on. By the way, we're talking about this election, talking about what we're doing and how Rich and Jeff have got me involved with what you're doing is that we want to raise a lot of money. So people need to know we took back 63 seats after mm-hmm. um, Obama got in. We're going to set a new record because the American people, one of the things, and I believe this with all my heart, everything happens for a reason. I'm, I'm, I believe in God. And this is a country where we are endowed by our creator. I say that all the time. There's a reason yeah. for it. And I, I totally believe that things happen for a reason. And we have seen... With the first year, which isn't even a year, of this administration, the contrast between real leadership and the foolhardiness that has gone on, allowing a country to be led by AOC, which, <clears throat> which she wants put in place by Nancy Pelosi, while the President of the United States just stands there fecklessly, you know, mouthing some things that make very little sense. So we have a, a total left wing that are running things. And the reason for that is that we need this surge, this strong surge of people like you and people that want you in office, because we have to get the days where America was first, where America, making America great again, was the mantra that we all believed in 
that it wasn't just hope. Hope is for church. It was the belief in this country and the reason for America and that we yeah. will make America great again because it has to be made great and made greater, a more perfect union every day. And that's, that's what you're talking about. So people need to know that you have other people with you in this America First PAC. That's not a PAC, yeah. P-A-C, you know, a <laughs> yeah. political action committee. It's a pact, P-A-C-T, that you've made with other first-time candidates running for the Republican Party's vote. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that for a minute, and then I want to talk about yeah. raising money. Go ahead. Yeah, good. Yeah, both, both important topics. Yeah, so listen, when you talked about you believe, in, you believe in God, and look, you know what? The reason the United States has been so incredible in the history of humanity, the greatest social experiment in the history of humanity is simply because... We are founded. We are the only nation that's been founded on the idea that individual liberty is the foundation of our country. And the reason that is a God-given right is because that cannot be taken away by man and it cannot be granted by man. The government can never take those away from us and those they can never grant it to us because it is from a higher power than man. And so that is a fundamental principle that they're trying to push us away from, but it's one of the ones that we have to fight the hardest to make sure that we secure. And look, throughout human history, there have been civilizations, we've proven as a species, <laughs> big picture here, as a species that we can create amazing civilizations, we can create empires, we can do amazing things, explore, but we've also proven over and over again that we destroy it every time, that we fall apart, we destroy it. I happen to believe that choice, the moment for our time to make the decision of whether or not we are going to change the course of human history, that's right now. We are in it, unfortunately. We are living in that moment right now. And if ever there was a time in the history of just of human nature, a time for us to change the way that we steer humanity, it is going to be because of the American people. It's going to be because of the spirit of the American people that believe amongst all else that we will fight for the idea that every single person should have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so I created this idea of, of aligning first-time congressional candidates who are America First candidates. And the, look, the idea behind that is I want to get as many as possible on board. And it's, I got to tell you, it's an easy sell. People are getting really excited about jumping on board to do it. And the idea is this. We are going to help each other through the campaign. I have a marketing company, right? So if one of the candidates needs help with branding, which we've been helping, that's what we do. We help them develop their brand and elevate their brand. We work together to support each other on the campaign trail. And then once we are elected in office, we are going to be a united force that is going to stand against both the Democratic Party, Socialist Party, and stand against the swamp that allowed us to get here, which includes many of the Republican Party. The America First Pact, and Pact, by the way, stands for Protecting America's Constitution and Traditions. And nice. that's one of the most important things that we can be focusing on right now. I love it. I love it. So, I, I, again, just to tag on to what you just said, that this is the tough time, I think it's a great time. I think God said, as soon as here was Trump, things were moving along. And he said, you know what? I'm going to test this nation. 
I'm going to give them a test. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Let's see what they do. And I think that's where we are. And I think this is the time to be tested. And we're going to pass that test. We're going to elect a whole bunch of Corey Gibsons. By the way, when we talk about PACs <laughs> and PACs, <laughs> yeah, we, I know. It gets I, real confusing fast. Well, it, it's okay. We're going to unconfuse it because there's a seal pact, pack, seal pack out there. So the reason is that when you have a pack, a political action committee, it could raise money for a candidate and you limit it in how much. When you have a super pack, that raises money for a group of pack candidates and the amount is unlimited. So we're starting, me and Rich, we're starting a super pack to raise money for you and the other candidates in your pack. And I want people to understand there are six retired Navy SEALs in that SEAL pack running for Congress right along with you and with these mm -hmm. other candidates that you have found and put together with this protect the constitutional and traditions. And I mean... This is great stuff right now. This is exciting. This is some of the most exciting times I've seen. Yes, we, we have this issue when we have inflation, we have this. But it's the test. And we're going to pass this test with flying colors. We're going to get all you guys elected and everybody out there that's been listening to you, Corey. And I, I can't help but believe each and every one of them, no matter what their political background is. Yeah. You've got to be excited about hearing what you're saying because it comes from your heart, buddy. You can feel it. Absolutely, it comes from my heart. But you know, it's I just happen to have a platform to be able to express it because I have to tell you, what I'm saying is what everyone else that I've been talking to believes too. I'm just in a position to be able to have a microphone to express it. And the truth is what we're doing right now in this country is you're right. It is a scary time We because everyone says we need a revolution. I've heard that many times. And I'm not talking about like pitchforks and guns. The first thing I think that we need to do is recognize that we are in a revolution, but we are losing a revolution. The Marxists, the leftists have absolutely been working at this for a long time. They're smart and they've gotten us where we are. We, you have to get to a low before you can see how high you can rise, right? And we are at that moment right now. And the American people, the American spirit, that American exceptionalism, that is a real thing. They want to destroy that so much because that is the greatest threat is to centralizing a government entirely. The greatest threat to that side, to that ideology is unity. And so the most important thing that we can do, like literally the most important thing that we can do is unite and start fighting together and stand together and just get involved. And it's our time. It's our time to show that the American spirit, that the things that the people fought for in the very founding days of this country, that we are truly a product of those great people. And we're going to prove it. And it just so happens that this is the moment. Like this right now is that moment. Yep, it, it really is. And we're going to be out there. We're going to be doing whatever we can. And I know you and I have had these conversations where you've called me and said, Mike, this is tough. I can't believe how much money I'm spending. I can't. It's we, brutal. We, it's brutal. It is brutal. It, it just eats you alive, which is they say that money is the mother's milk of politics. And you're going to have to raise a, a whole big bunch of it to get elected. And all these guys are. But I think the American people are ready to dig deep because of this left wing cabal that's running this regime. I just don't get it. I don't think 
It's stupidity. I, I don't think it's by accident. They have to want to do this on purpose. Their goal has got to be higher price of gasoline. Don't use fossil fuel. More people are going to say, okay, I got to pay, pay a lot of money for an electric car. But because the president just said, oh, by 2030, there'll be only electric, 2030 or 35, whatever. This is how they think. They're going to force us into it. This is this green new deal mm -hmm. that AOL, AOC, or whoever she is, has yeah. thrown out there. She has millions of people following her. Everything you're saying is absolutely correct. But what I really believe is this is the greatest opportunity. I don't think we're losing. I think we're winning. I think Virginia and New Jersey were evidence of the fact that we're winning. I think everything that we see today gives us what you talked about before, the hope, because that hope has to be backed up with action. And what you're doing is evidence of the action, what the Navy SEALs out there, what the other people, part of that pact that you put together that me and Rich are going to be raising money for. That's evidence, not only that there's hope, but there's a belief in everything that we're doing and you people who are putting your money and I'm putting my money where our mouths are. So listen, Corey, I know that you got places to go and things to do. We're going to be talking to you again, buddy. We're going to talk about the progress that you're making. I, I hope to announce, and I hope to get you on as, as soon as when you announce that you're going to have President Trump's endorsement. That's coming. That's coming. I believe that. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. You're the man. I love listening on, no. to you. I love talking to you. I appreciate you being on Roll Right Radio, and I, I definitely hope everybody out there, hey, make a comment. Talk to us. Let us know what you're thinking and what you're feeling. I, I, I really want to know. Left, right, Democrat, Republican, all of you guys. Because, I, I, yeah. Corey, I, I believe in you. Mike, before we go, if, if it's okay, I would love it. Can I give my website out? Oh, please do. Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to the idea of raising money, it's a shameful thing. That's such a big deal in the process. But my district is massive. And so the reason you raise money is so that you can reach people, that you can communicate to them. And so literally any donation, whether it's $10 or the max, which is $2,900, it makes a big difference. So if, if people want to help with what's happening in Washington here and also what's happening in the country, my website, stencorey2022.com. And Corey is spelled C-O-R-E-Y. They never get that right at Starbucks. So I figure I might as well just make sure I tell people that it's Corey with an E. Sendcorey2022.com. It means a lot. Sendcorey2022.com. And by the way, everybody out there, subscribe to Roll Right Radio. Thanks, Corey. We're going to talk again soon. God bless, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm New York Mike. This is Roll Right Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being there. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.